The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We went to the field this morning at 5 o'clock, as we usually do. But around 4.15 or so, just a outlandish rain began to fall. Of course, you're laying in the warm bed, you hear that, and you think, should I go or should I not go? But that's not the case here. For us, at least for me, it's exciting. Our routine is a normal day. It wouldn't be doing that. But in big storms, it's always something that makes it different than falling into routine. So I like going out in those situations. The harder and the worse, the better and the more merrier. People might think that's odd. But I guess I'm a risk taker on that kind of sense. But isn't that the same thing we do with Our Lady? She's doing this in a lot of ways with the message is just the opposite of what the world would tell us to do. And so it is we come to see situations in life that makes us want to go for safety, 
go for comfort. And the messages that are lately is just to the opposite. To go more austere. Just because something's available to you, should you be doing it? Just because something's available because you have the means and monies to do that, should you be doing it? You need to be thinking out of the box. You need to be thinking different. I brought an umbrella this morning. And if you see the storms of the economic situation headed, would you not get the umbrella? Meaning that you take your money and put it in some safe area where it won't get soggy and wet, like this rain this morning? Meaning not lose it? What's the safest, most secure position you put it in? And so Medjinomics is just about that. The Miraculous Medal, Medjugorje Civil Round. Ain't going to happen. The book defines that. If you haven't read it, if you read it two years ago, you need to reread it. Because rereading the message always gives you a new impetus, a new, a new angle, a new way to see things. It will motivate you. Because the freshness of it speaks of the new circumstances that two years ago when you read it didn't say the same thing. So I encourage you to reread it. Everything written here is a reread. Someone recently told me who did not want to read They Fried the First Shot, who had to be coaxed in it, reluctantly went to doing it, finally did do it once they got into it and stopped. He told me, I'm going to start rereading it immediately again. Why? Because we think there's so many books out there, so many things to see or experience, and it's not what it may be purported to be. The movie not, might not be that good, as people say it is. But a lady's messages resonate like thunder to your heart, even making it be fast what you read. Because all this has such a self-interest, a motivating personal interest to you alone. Hey, I need this stuff. And God knows what we need, and He sends Our Lady. This comes from Billy Graham in his book, Nearing Home, that he wrote recently. He says, No one escapes life without difficulties. Some experience bad health even in their youth. Some born into wealth lose everything. Some seek love and find only rejection time and again. Without a firm foundation, life's load is harder to bear. God has a purpose for each of us. And he desires that we build upon him the very foundation he has put in place. Scripture speaks of craftsmen fastening the work of their hands with pegs that it might not totter. When Christ's hands were pierced by spikes and fastened to the cross, he became our secure foundation. D.L. Moody once said, Give your life to Christ. He can do more with it than you can. Recently, I heard about a family who built a house several years ago in the Appalachian Mountains, not far from our home. The site was on a hillside with a beautiful view overlooking the nearby valley and facing a range of mountains in the distance. After they drew their plans and chose their builder, the project proceeded on schedule, and some months later, their new home was completed. They were delighted with the result and soon were settled into the home of their dreams. But after a year or so, their dream turned into a nightmare. The first hint of trouble was a slight depression in the soil around a certain section of the foundation. Then, as time went on, 
The depression deepened, and cracks began to appear in the walls of the house. They became alarmed and called in a structural engineer to investigate. He discovered that part of the concrete for the foundation had been poured over a pit filled with debris, old tree stumps, loose rocks, even wood left over from their construction project. As this wood decayed, the ground gave way and the walls began to shift, making the whole house dangerously unstable. Whether by ignorance or neglect, the contractor had built their house on a defective foundation, and his error proved both costly and time-consuming to correct. Just as this house needed a solid foundation, so we need a solid foundation for our lives, an unchanging system of beliefs, goals, and moral values that will keep us stable and secure, even in the midst of life's storms. No matter our age, nothing prepares us for the future. Like a solid moral and spiritual foundation based on God's will for our lives. Terrible events like this remind us of what can happen if we build our lives on the wrong foundation, on one that may seem adequate in normal times, but can't withstand life's stresses and strains. Tragically, however, many people never stop to think about this or examine the foundations on which they're building their lives. They assume they are on the right road and their foundations will always be secure. For some, the foundation may be self-indulgence or pleasure or entertainment. Others build upon financial success or social position. Still others think that if they can only find the right person or discover the ideal place to live or clinch the best-paying job, then they will always be happy and secure. But in their quiet moments... They may wonder if it's really true. Perhaps a personal crisis, an unexpected illness, the rebellion of a child, a financial reversal, reveals the foundation for what it really is, unstable and insecure. Or perhaps they finally reach their goals and achieve all they have ever wanted, only to discover success has left them empty and restless and bored. They find themselves saying, with the writer of Ecclesiastes, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Their hopes and dreams are shattered, leaving them confused and disillusioned and wondering what went wrong. Maybe this has happened to you. In the book of Tobit, Tobit's prayer says, Remember me and look favorably upon me. Do not punish me for my sins and for my unwitting offenses of those which my fathers committed before thee. For they disobeyed my, the command, thy commandments, and thou gavest us over to plunder, captivity, and death. Thou made us a byword and reproach for all the nations among which we have been dispersed. And so it is. Where is our foundation? We've got a whole culture built on anti-commandments, the normalization of sin, to where people have greatness. They don't even know what sin is anymore. We were just talking about before this show began about video games, because we did our hour special last night. And the title was, what we, in a nine minute, Connecticut, or uh, Are We All Guilty for Newtown, Connecticut? And so, in there, of course, it came up with Adam Lanzi. A part of that was about video games. It's absurd. 
You can't say with two people together, we're going to go kill the office, whoever holds the office of president. It's against the law. And we don't realize that these video games where they're showing people's head being blown off and these kinds of violent things is not free speech. We've lost our ability to see that the American flag being burned is a sacrilege. It's not free speech. Thou shalt not kill. Then how can we allow in a culture things that do that? It's breaking the commandments. And all our laws principally were always based civilly, uh, the civil laws based on Christian principles. And so we don't even know the answers. So the Supreme Court says, we were just talking about a case that they says you can't restrict these things because it'd be a violation of free speech. That's garbage. You're not allowed to go cuss somebody in Shelby County here where we live. Why? Because it's based in scriptures. We knew that our fathers, if we allowed to do that, that we'd be turned over to reproach of other nations or to the culture because of not living the commandments. Everything is to be based on the commandments. No, these vile games that show wickedness and teach violence is so normalized that even good people, good parents allow this in their homes is ludicrous. You say, well, this is making a theocracy trying to outlaw these things or not allowing this to happen. The culture itself should be a reproach to it because by allowing this, do you think God would favorably bless your home? How can that be? How can that be if you have the entertaining, if you entertain the thought of adultery, you're in sin. And if you allow that to entertain your children of killing, that's not the same thing. Where's your logic? Where's your common sense? You think that'll bring blessings to your home, to your financial situation? You think you're building your home on a solid foundation? I tell you, he who builds his home... That's the piece of his house, the spiritual part of his house, aspects of running the home, not on a spiritual foundation, not on the Ten Commandments of God. It'll fall apart. And we're seeing this. I touched very strongly on this on the last night's show. Somebody wrote to us, says, oh, you're saying mental illness, the devil's part of it. And I'm saying the Vatican exorcist said that. That he always brings somebody with him in an exorcism that deals with the mental illness because Satan gets involved with the mental illness. If you have mental illness, you're running your home on Christian principles or the sin in your life that causes these things and depression, why would you aggravate those things with bringing in video and violence or other things that would Satan be invited into that? That's where it comes from. The illness alone is not an itself for the devil. But we've got a whole culture that Satan always has an aspect that he can get into and why give an avenue for that to happen and turn into what we just saw with Adam Lindsay. There's people over there that have, out there that have difficulties and these are rooted to family life. And all this really is rooted somewhere along the line of sins, either generational something. We've passed everything off as always explaining it away. We can do this. It doesn't harm. It doesn't do that. This is not a foundation to build on the culture. It's not what the future is going to be. I tell you, you're a total idiot if you're letting your kids play with this stuff. Because, oh, my kids can handle it because they're in a loving home. You explain to me the words of Jesus that if you entertain adultery, you committed consummated adultery. 
that if you shall not kill, and you're allowing your children to be entertained doing that, that you're not entertaining that. Yes, there's a line between playing army outside and doing those things. But this stuff crosses the line so graphically, so clearly, so plainly, that it delights and teaches the normalization of this. A lady said the world sinking is in a whirlpool. It does not know what sin it sinks. We don't even know what sin is anymore. And so it is not tangible to us. So economic woes and the situations we find ourselves facing is a result of not having a good foundation, spiritual foundation. What I didn't say on the show last night is my kids, when they were very young, my first two, the eldest, Con Casey, I came in and they had the new games that were out, Pac-Man on television. This was before we came TV free. Pac-Man. An innocent little video game. The, new, the first thing everybody that's older remembers this game. So I just sat back and watched them start this game, playing with each other on it. Within five minutes, they're on top of each other, hitting each other. I, I physically saw peace... And what this thing introduced in my home, I took the thing right there and crushed it. This is laughable compared to what the video games are now. Because I didn't want my home built on that. I threw it away. They didn't like it. I didn't care. What are you doing? What's in your home? There should be no... If it's a good video game, why waste time doing that? Do you realize you need to be preparing for your economic future? You need to be building something agrarian outside, agricultural. Let them feed horses, hogs, or whatever. Get the kids outside. It's not good to stay inside like that. But see, we don't even see that. We're so messed up because we're so part of the culture because we don't question anything except what the culture does and normalizes. It's okay because everybody's doing it. So we don't have a good foundation. And this culture is going to fall apart because this is not a delight of God for kids to sit in there, even playing innocent games. One thing, too, to bring up as well, and you wrote about this in ICFAR. One of the chapters was called The Babysitter Medium, I believe it was, is what it was called. And there's an aspect of selfishness on behalf of the parents because it's an easy thing to do to just let the kids be in front of this thing and then you don't have to deal with them. And, I mean, certainly that has to be some aspect of it. Get out of the kitchen and go watch TV. Go turn TV on. How many of you said that? When we had the TV, it was always, I remember that. Thank God we moved out. We started having activities. Give them chores. You have to be able to have ethics and feel good about work to, to feel have any kind of esteem. If you never work, you're never required to do something in the house or chores, then you'll never be able to have self-esteem. You gotta feel like you're putting the roof over your head with your mom or, or with your dad, the provider, and your mom, the housekeeper. So we can go on and on about this, and this is somewhat continuation of last night. If you hadn't heard the show, listen to it, uh, spread it, because it's a whole nother angle of Adam Lanzi and, and what happened in Connecticut. But all this is gonna continue. It's gonna perpetuate till it self destructs. You wanna be a part of that, Frank? Yeah, we've really seen it in our mission over the years, that, and, and I've seen it personally, that 
you know, and in, in when people call us, they say they're, we're trying to explain this to our friends and family as far as the book, uh, It Ain't Gonna Happen, and as far as Silver and the Miraculous Metal Magic Go Around. And um, I tell them, don't. Don't try. If someone's not fasting, praying, tithing, and abstaining from television, they're probably not going to get it. Um, and if they're not doing two of those things, there's a great chance that it's just going to go completely over their head. You have to give them the CD Magenomics. Encourage them to read the book if they'll read the book. Um, get Medge cards with Radio Wave on them. You know, these are the things, you know, as a friend of Medjugorje, I think you pointed out in a talk, you know, our lady comes with, um, I, I would say, the battle plan. And she even needs battle in her last message. And she tells us of this great struggle, and we see this great divide between my son and Satan, and souls are at stake. And then she parallels the message 30 years later, and she says that um, evil that wants to begin to rule and destroy the world, you cannot stop individually. But altogether united with my son, you can stop it. And so here we are at this divide, and we can either stay into the paper system and feed into the hands of the power to be the evil that wants to rule. Or we can follow Our Lady's battle plan. Her weapons are the rosary, the scapular, and as my friend Father Harden would say, hear it and don't forget it. The miraculous medal, Medjugorje Round, is a great plan for the salvation of mankind. Our Lady says, you don't understand the of your role. And the paper system feeds into their plan, and the miraculous model wins grace for the entire world because you say yes to Our Lady, who said yes to God, and you give her extended hands and the graces that are overflowing through them to the world when they're distributed for goods and services. So um, this is, you know, very much a time to continue to evangelize Unite behind the mission. A friend of Medjugorje and Caritas has been commissioned by Our Lady, like no one else in the world. All together with my son, uh, we can defeat this with the queen that comes here with the authority of the king. And uh, so, um, in terms of Sundays, if I can say something about uh, look what happened while you're sleeping, mm -hmm. I uh, a lot of people are praying for me. And uh, as, as you know, last Advent, uh, I decided to sell my store. I have a signed contract. We could uh, close before the end of the year. And um, this is not a small sin. And it, it's certainly not to people that are seeing it. And I don't, I don't look at it as a small sin. But thanks be to God, I will not be buying and selling on Sunday. And... Glory be to God, he is uh, showing, showing me a way, even though we, we left this without a way to provide for our family. But we didn't have the income. We didn't replace the income. We're too busy to do it. Total faith in God. And uh, he, he has shown us a way that is absolutely miraculous. And, uh, you know, I remember you once saying when you first got your land, you'd earned the money, you'd made the money, but it was, God, why are you doing this? Why are you giving this to me? And I, I really can can relate to that with the, some of the things that are unfolding right now. So, 
Um, well, you you had Sunday's a huge thing. Well, it's you a huge thing. to clarify, you uh, Frank has pizza franchises, and and the contract requires him to open on Sundays. Of course, he's been in what I've told people before that they suddenly go through conversion and then they wake up to what they've done and the sins that they're living in and they're forced to continue in that sin because they can't get out of it. That you made yourself and your situation over the last 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, and suddenly when you want to come clean with it, you can't do it because Satan's got his shackles or rather his claws in you. And you're shackled to that. And so I know Frank has asked me long advice on this for quite some time and actually went to the owner of the 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 franchise and was actually turned down with it twice. and so twice and so the only alternative is just to sell out and he's going away to give up his income it's what I tell people pharmaceutical if you're a pharmacist and you're working in pharmaceuticals and they're forcing you to sell birth control you, you have to quit or you just let them fire you and then go put that on your resume I was fired because I refused conscientiously to do this and take action too don't just die with it uh, the courts may still see your way on that. So no, I'm not. I'm not. You're, I'm, 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 you're not going to do this. You have a, a right to conscientious objection. It's a God-given right that recognizes it's always protected in the Constitution. And so go down with the main. If you're going to lose it, stand up for it. And so Frank's done that, and he's gotten out of it. And we have to make these moves. Sometimes you can't do it tomorrow. Everybody's got to go that way because that's building your house on another foundation. It's putting yourself square with God. So what's happening with silver now, Frank? Well, uh, this is really thin trading this time. Uh, you really can't uh, look at the price of silver any more than you, you open up the paper and see if the, if the values of your, your home has went down. It's, it's not the way to look at it. This asset is the most undervalued asset on the planet. It is in... Uh, my studied opinion, probably the most undervalued asset of all time. It, because of the way it's being consumed, becomes more rare to every other asset that I can think of on Earth, and it becomes more valuable. So to to think that the, the price went down in dollars, or to think the price of silver is high because it was nine the last presidential election and it's thirty now, it's not high. You have to think of how many dollars have been created. You're not. You're. You're, you're measuring something in an abominable system, something that is intrinsic, finite, synonymous with money, created for an honest money, money system for your freedom. And uh, it, so, so the price is, is, is somewhat irrelevant, um, especially uh, when, I'm, when I'm selling my store and I'm probably going to be buying some silver. It's pro- probably better we pray it go down right now. <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's really irrelevant. <coughs> Uh, you you need to be buying now till you get out of paper, and uh, and don't worry about the price. If you still have some to do, cost average in um, silver is very low right now, and uh, it's corrected into the presidential election year. It's consolidating, and uh, when it when it starts to move, it could move with a vengeance. And at some point, it's just going to shock. The price will shock. Well, that's the part, that's one of one of uh, doing research. Ain't going to happen. It's one of the just over 100 parabolic, parabolic minerals, that's the only one that's disappearing. And and the only one that, that has a possibility for it actually uh, to completely disappear. So it is a commodity in that sense that that is exhaustible. 
and mainly because we're using it in microwaves, cell phones, uh, G and other electronic things that, that would be just like the devil. He destroys what is, what is of God. He's actually destroying silver through the spirit of consumerism. Like I said, consumerism identifies an evil spirit in our message. So all this makes so much sense when you start looking at everything through the temple of the messages. Frank, give your contact information. Yeah, you can contact us uh, toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And uh, the information is also on our website at globalsilverinvestors.com. But can I ask you a question the, the whole world is, is probably wanting to know? Yes. What's going to happen on the 21st? Are we, are we going to get raptured? You're going to wake up and you do what you've been doing, watching the culture fall. That's the one thing to watch, not the 21st. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing that people would even go or even give the attention to it. We're, we're, we have a whole t- If a believer of our lady is even toward that or wondering, how can that when she says, I'm going to try out? That hasn't happened yet. And, and it's not necessarily she's going to, but she also said in 2000, at the turn of this, momentum where you know people start thinking in the world then a new possibility for peace opens up this century and <clears throat> we're 13 years into this century so uh, it looks like we got a little time yet <laughs> just uh one thing is that we've we've had a very uh, it's been a very serious year this year for everyone throughout the world particularly in this nation but also it's also been a very blessed year where god is moving us in many different directions and he's moving souls to change those that are not willing to change. He is moving in one direction, and those who are willing to change, he's moving in another direction. But there's been many things that we've been working on behind the scenes, uh, particularly on Medjugorje.com. Some of those things you have not seen. Uh, Some of those things are just preparing for certain things for the future. But we're asking you, uh, before the end of the year, to make your end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation. And you can go to Medjugorje.com, and you can find that on the homepage there on the right-hand side. It says that this mission has helped you this year. Please consider an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation, and we encourage you to do that and ask that you please go to all of your friends and all those who have been helped uh, through the work of a friend of Medjugorje in this mission, that you please help us with this uh, before the end of the year. Yeah, I was out, and I'm always listening to some of the preachers out there and what they're saying and see what they, they... Sometimes they're just reading Bible verses, and you'll hear Bible verses you had not heard in a while, and you get a thought. So, But one thing they're always talking about this time of year is donations, and it's... It's constant. It's, it's going on. Imagine I was we hardly ever say anything like that. And then on the 25th and the second of the month shows, and our shows, we don't say anything. Last night, we didn't mention anything about that. We do it in our writings. But how do you expect to go to Arby's or to McDonald's and pay your six or seven bucks for your lunch? That when you go on to go to a nice restaurant with your family or your spouse... Are you not? Or are you expecting to pay six or seven dollars for going a steak at a nice steakhouse? Why do you? Why are you willing to pay different prices for that? Because you're fed, and where you're fed, you have to support. You'd be shocked at how many things we can't do right now in this mission that we're ready to do, from meds.com, medjugorje.com, to our projects, to filling containers full of materials. The spiritual projects we can do, we just had this conference, was a tremendous success. We're going to give you a report on it just after the first of the year. So many things you could be getting 
that if you're fed, like if they fired the first shot, fed you, ain't going to happen, feed you, this is a fine steak dinner. Not because of what we put it out. We know it because it's our lady's messages. This is, this is the gourmet food for the culture for the future. And I know there's people that they say they listen to this, they've never donated. You've got to realize we're just not paying the bills. There's things we want to expand into. We have to expand to, into. We just come through from 2008 expansion or the retooling, which we want to close out. We need to finish these things lingering on because the last funds are always the most difficult to raise. Because people take it for granted you've got to go. We've got most of the equipment, but we're not finished. We don't want to go on a whole another year with this. And so consider putting us in your will, because those are capital investments that we can make with the mission on equipment that outputs more things. If God don't give us the money, we don't do it. Go find any book out there anywhere in this country or in the world that you can get for $5. They fire the first shot, almost 1,000 pages. And we do this because we want you to be able to buy cases that to spread the content, not the book. We don't put our names real big on the front and then a small title. It's Our Lady. It's her plan. And you're an instrument to that. And it's Our Lady who says, see who needs your spiritual and your material help. Monetarily, this mission runs on what you give to it. And how fast it runs and what you do when it's running like that depends on how much you give. So don't think, well, I'm not going to give them a million dollars. I just wasted. We could spend a million dollars right now. We have things to do, projects we're setting up in the future, long-term plans, because we're here, generational. We're here to change the world. Because the lady says, through you, I wished to renew the whole world. You're a part of that. You're partnered with it. So consider very strongly giving, spread it to others. And we tell, Father Roberts used to say, if you're going to church and they're not feeding you food, don't give them money. Don't pay for the meal. Yeah, if the homily's not given to you, the priest's not doing it, don't do that. We, we say, before any other mission out there, we take claim on it, because our lady's coming fresh from heaven, daily, each day, with something so important that the whole risk of the world, or the whole balance of the world, is at risk. So support that. And support that generously. Well, we'll be with you on the 25th of the month, which is Christmas. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas. We're thanking of you. We're praying for you. We love you. We wish you Our Lady. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. 
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.